Shall not be concerned. No problems. No. Never. I'm very good we at this. We are millennial women who know how to work things. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I working things or being a millennial. Oh my god! I yeah. I you know I see those those articles that are like Gen Z and millennials. They don't. They're terrible in the workforce because they don't know how to use things like the intranet. And I'm like. I know how to use Google Docs. Do you? <laughs> yeah, we have a thing at my work. Uh, our weekly, not weekly, not weekly, our annual evals or the stupidest thing this year. They were digitized for once and um, could have been 100% better if they were just a Google Doc. They're just a Google Doc. Just do it on Google. Hey, just, just, just do, do a Google, Google Doc. Doc. Yeah. Google. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Hi, welcome to Keenan Thurs Podcast. My name is Abby Kelly. I'm with S.E. Wendell or Sarah. Hi. No. <laughs> I'm here. You shan't be rid of me. I don't want to be rid of you. Oh, good, because you can't. <laughs> you Physically absolutely impossible. refuse. You're the nearest friend I have. And also, <laughs> you're always in my DMs with the hot memes. So. I know. I just, you know, it's. It's honestly a talent and a hobby at this point. Yeah. Cultivating hot, fresh memes that were hot and fresh on TikTok two weeks ago <laughs> and have now percolated to Instagram because I am a proud and true millennial who waits for it to become on Instagram. I feel like, though... Like a fucking adult. I don't... Yeah, like, it has to go through a vetting process. It has to exactly. mature. It has to kind of, like... I don't want the junk memes, right? There's a lot no. of... There's a lot of scrap. On TikTok, I don't need that. I only have so much brain space. I'm an adult. I'm a human person. I have a limited amount of time in my life. If I want to see a video about raccoons, it better be fucking top quality. It better slap. Like I want, I want to like it. I yeah. want to like every single video I see. I don't just want to feel apathy so about it. I used to get like really annoyed. So my my uh, one of my roommates uh, got on TikTok very early, and he would she would show me these videos, and it just they made me so fucking angry. They made me so angry to watch these videos because the format was too long. Because these kids would tell a joke. And then they'd feel like they had to keep talking to fill the rest of the time because they had 90 seconds. And I was like, no, no, cut it. You said the funniest thing you could possibly say. Cut it there. Like these these heathens were not raised on Vine. They don't have the fucking comedy like, chops. They wish they were Vine. Like sometimes as just a comfort I'll watch like YouTube Vine compilations because like you had to manage it in ten seconds. Did you have ten seconds to be funny? Could you be funny in ten seconds? No, probably not. I can't be funny in ten minutes half the time. And that's why everything on there was quality because the people who could actually make funny videos in ten seconds were good at it. Anyway, get good TikTok. I'm not on you, but I know. <laughs> But I'm inside you. <laughs> yeah. I'm all up in you. 
Yeah, I'm in the guts of TikTok. No, I, I don't I don't go anywhere near that shit. No, um, I made one and then I tried it for probably a month and then it just sucked all the joy out of my soul. Yeah. And I'm still in the recovery process. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have one, I haven't uploaded anything. I think it probably thinks I'm dead, which is fine. Yeah. That's probably for the best. I mean, who knows? It might get banned in the United States here. Who knows? Yeah, good luck with that. It's like officially banned in Montana, but like, how do you enforce that? (laughs) I don't know. That and does anyone in Montana know how to use it? Oh! No offense to anyone in Montana. Big rip to Montana. Damn. I mean, maybe there's some really up and coming like cows. I'm sure there is a lot of cowboy TikToks up there in the Montanas. Sure. Yeah. I'm mostly just thinking because the cell service is spotty at best. That I they have Wi-Fi at the lodge. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, speaking of spotty Wi-Fi, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about some fantasy today, aren't we? Yes, where it sometimes exists and it sometimes does not. I see. The reason I didn't put my universe. In, into like a high fantasy setting is explicitly so I can have good plumbing and Wi-Fi. <laughs> Even in your imagination, you need those two things. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not dealing with like the complexities of a latrine. I'm not dealing with letters, messenger pigeons. If my if my folks can't look up shit on Google, I don't want it. It's definitely a thing that I think if you write a gritty high fantasy, like you talk about where the poop goes. Yeah. But in most when you just want to write a fun fantasy, yeah, you, just, you just have a world where no one poops. Yeah. And honestly, that's the world I want to live in. I'm on record as saying I know. there's I there's a in certain authors, uh like their their thing. I've noticed like I don't know if you read enough romance or any book series, right? Any any sort of genre. You just read enough. You you notice patterns, right? In like certain authors, like something they have in every single one of their books or a certain phrase they use in every single one of their books or whatever, right? Or you start to notice these things. Um, and I have read enough authors at this point where I've started to notice that there is like a specific type of author who will always include a P moment in their books. Mm, there will mm-hmm. always be a moment where... The heroine, for instance, needs to take a PS and something embarrassing happens or like it's a big thing that she has to go pee pee. And I just fucking don't want it. Don't need it. I don't want to acknowledge that I have bodily functions. If I can, I want to live in a world where pissies and poopies, all of that do not exist. Thank you very much. But some for some people, it's very important. They have to add it. It's realistic, but it's also I'm just like here. I'm not here. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, you know, like you've been kidnapped by an alien or you're on a road trip with a monster or you you're in a high castle with a fae. And like, I don't need this beautiful fantasy bubble ruined by you taking a potty break. Like, I don't don't need to go with you. I don't need to be there with you. I don't need it. Like, it's why it does. You know, like, I wouldn't miss it if it was gone, you know? I wouldn't, I wouldn't even notice. And I know that there is like, to be fair, there is a certain subset of readers who are, shall we say, persnickety. And they are going to like, they're the people who be like, okay, but how'd you go pee, huh? 
Where's the bathroom, huh? Like, uh, I know, I know. But here's the deal. You're already not going to please everybody. You might as well not have pissies, you know? Yeah, it's just one of those things that when you start, it's one of those things when you pull a thread. Yeah. Uh, you have to account, you always have to account for it. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's it's a pitfall, I think, that there's that one. Another one I know is including uh, animal sidekicks. Um, <laughs> what? Because you always have to, you have to account for that animal yeah, in everything yeah. at all times. And that's why I think she who shall not be named killed off Hedwig in the start of book seven. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, I guess, for, you know, the two people who have not read it or seen the book yet or, yeah. you know. Um. Because she didn't want to have to account for where the fuck Hedwig was all the time. Yeah. Even though that is something, like, that can be taken care of with a sentence. You know? Sure. But, like, no one will be happy about it. Yeah, exactly. So it's just easy. You get, like, you know, either you don't include it or you kill them off for the emotional trauma that you can get out of your readers and then move along. Um, But I I think that's definitely, I've decided not to have animal sidekicks in certain books because then you just have to account for what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. It's like, um, oh shit, there was a horse in the beginning of this sentence or uh, paragraph, and now there's not. Oh Where'd my the God. horse go? That's like the main thing. <laughs> or like, that's why I, so I, how I keep track of things uh, when I'm drafting is that I just have a sea of sticky notes above my desk that are just like continuity notes for like, okay, go back. Uh, when you're when you're editing, you have to go back and fix this thing because you didn't, you know, you mentioned it and then you didn't bring it forward throughout the rest of the, the book or whatever. Um, and one thing that I always, 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 always forget is wounds. I always forget about wounds. Within like two chapters, they've magically healed and are just not a thing, and no one notices them ever. Um, and that's something- so that's why all of your species heal. <laughs> or I have, or I have something where there's like a magical, like it, it, they go away very quickly because I don't want to have to fucking keep remembering <laughs> that there are wounds to account for. I don't want it. I don't need it. I live in a magical world here in my, my brain space, my magical brain brain palace. I don't need that. Um, yeah, I definitely did uh, when I was writing Airy. Always forget which Lena has an old wound in her knee, yes. and I always forget which one it is. And I think canon-wise, it's both knees because I forgot. <laughs> yeah. And then it's at one point, I think, says her left knee when it first comes up. And then it printed book somewhere probably says her right knee. So canon, it's both knees. Both knees are messed up. I, I mean, think it's her left. I feel I like feel it's her like left one. I remember one. it being her left, if I'm not mistaken. I do. That sounds right to me. I just feel like I wouldn't have made it her right knee because I'm very right side dominant. I, I just feel like I wouldn't have done that to yeah, her. Probably. <laughs> like, Probably. Like, who cares about the left side? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, wounds are the worst. They are. It's <laughs> just like, ah, oh. Like, now it has to heal. <laughs> yeah, now, or also you have to, like, deal with, like, particularly and say, so we're going to talk today about, like, the differences between, you know, a high fantasy, a low fantasy, and, like, a paranormal, right? And yes. if you're doing, like, a paranormal romance, it exists in our world or some close facsimile of our world right um and if you are somebody walking around in our world and you got a busted up fucking face people are gonna notice right yeah like and that's so so it's not even that like oh for the reader's sake you have to have the continuity it's like no for realism's sake you have to have continuity because if you are say 
I don't know, a scientist on a road trip with a with a very grumpy orc. Who's to say? And you have an extremely busted ass face um, and you go, I don't know, anywhere in the world. People are going to be like, hey, girl, you good? Do you need me to call somebody? <laughs> yeah. Like, wink twice if you're being held against your yeah, will. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, do, you, do you like this man you're with? Hey, girl, you need some lipstick? I got some. You want to come with me to the bathroom? Wink. <laughs> right don't worry like, i've already called 911 <laughs> yeah exactly right so it's like i you know you have to account for those things and which i feel like is less so in high fantasy because i assume everyone's beat up all the time if there's a bunch of fucking peasants around they're probably not gonna think eh, too hard about a bruise no and i think that is not one nice thing but then you also have to wonder like okay how realistic do you want to be in that a small cut could kill everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Infection. Yeah. I think, and I think I think a lot of times we just pretend that plague diseases just don't exist in high fantasy until it's like a plot device. Yeah, like until you it's like need plot like a relevant. town needs to be closed off for plague. You need the characters to like, oh my god, it's plague. Ah you know, it's not plague. used it's not there unless it's a plot device. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, well, that's another one of those things where how how realistic do you want to get with it? This is another uh, this is another pissies moment here, right? Like, uh, you can go <laughs> like this is the the thing with trying to quantify a genre, right? With trying to really nail down exactly what a genre is, is that um, that's fucking impossible, really, because the moment you start looking at it too closely, you start seeing things like, okay, well. You know, uh, Aerie is high fantasy, right? Yes, yes. So is uh, the fucking Game of Thrones series. But Game of Thrones is pretty much like just medieval fiction with some dragons in it. You you could very much argue, and George R. R. Martin has admitted that it is 100% taken from the War of the Roses. Yeah. In English medieval... So like, like he isn't even trying that hard no. to mask it. He was like, I want to do some War of the Roses fanfic and throw in some dragons for flavor. And that was pretty much it. But because of the dragons and because of the very light fantasy elements, it's technically high fantasy, right? So like, you know, you start examining the any genre too closely and you see these massive differences in things that are supposedly the same. Um, and so everything gets extremely wiggly. Um, and, and, and well, very confusing. And I think like for readers, that's kind of like, eh, whatever. Right. You know, like, it's all, yeah, it's all good. You, you have your flavors that you like and that's about all you need to know about it. Right. As a writer, <laughs> this becomes a life or death struggle to figure out what the fuck a genre is. Because for instance, I've talked about it on the, in the past on the podcast, but it was like when I was trying to, um, query, uh, Concerts Glory for the first time, like seven years ago, whatever the hell it was. Um, I was like, I, is this paranormal or is this urban fantasy? Mm-hmm. What is the difference between the two? And you look it up online and you will get a hundred different answers. Yeah. And it's based on some fucking arbitrary ass shit. Like whether the um, the magic is 
out or not, whether it's a secret or not, depends. Or like, yeah, or or for me personally, I think a better um, arbiter of that is how big the scale is. Like if the scale mm. of the like the story and the the like magic, how how big that is, which mm-hmm. is again so arbitrary, it's insane. So also mm-hmm. if and if you obviously you know this, but like if you are trying to query a book and you send uh your pitch to an agent, you send your query letter, you are supposed to have a few things in there: word count, title, blurb, pitch, genre. Word count, title, pitch genre all in the first paragraph so that they can immediately look at it and go do i want this or not if you fuck up and you don't have the exact right genre in there good luck that goes in the bin well that and and this is just going to be me ranting about the query process you need to find a book that your book is a book that has done well Uh my book is this book but with this slight modification yeah yeah which just completely devalues and, uh, <laughs> and that also any depends, sort like, of any sort of creativity or authenticity or, or like just the like, people who are like oh there are agents who say oh it just needs to be basically vibes like it doesn't need to be exact at all it's just vibes and then there are other agents who say if it's not an exact comp I don't want it like I'll throw it out which is like and you don't know who's who <laughs> you don't know who's who you don't know how they're gonna react. Uh, and it probably and really i don't think they know either i think no. it probably depends on the day the day that they're having uh-huh. that they read it and honestly like i have a wonderful friend who just signed with an agent and she's one of the best writers i've ever met we went to grad school together and i'm so proud of her and i'm so happy for her and like she's tried so hard for years to get an agent and to be fair like the book she's doing is middle grade which i feel like would be a really hard one to indie publish Oh, God, so, yeah. So, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a big market, but it's one of those things, like, I don't think there's a similar thing like adult romance or even YA. No. And, you know... Well, because um, middle schoolers aren't buying books on their own, which which yes. automatically limits the market. Um, th- their parents yeah. are buying it's their books It's still a big market, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I have full faith in her, and, like, I think it's a really good idea that she got this an agent for this book. Absolutely. I'm glad she found an agent who loves it, but, like, that's kind of the only having been a writer for quite a while now, like decent agent story that I've heard. And it's just like, she had to go through so much shit yeah. to get one yes, because her book is just so different yeah. from everyone else's. And she's basically punished for that. Like it's not yeah. similar enough to, which is so stupid because you think about the books that did really well, most of them pushed the, you know, they, they pushed the culture. They pushed. Yeah. Uh, the pop culture, uh, you know, well, we're they pushed this... it forward and now they just want to backfill. We're, well, we're in this era, too, where where because of how publishing is, which is to say on fire and has been consistently on fire for 10 years and was pushed into an inferno during the pandemic. Right. Everything, everything got just completely shadracked in the, in the pandemic. Um, you know, in that in that context, 
it makes sense that they would only go for things that they think are safe, things they've done before. And that is incredibly unhealthy for the ecosystem. If you're not taking risks, if you're not doing new things, how exactly are you creating new trends? How exactly are you creating new interests in your books? If you're publishing the same shit over and over and over and over and over again, that'll only carry you so far. Um, and and because of that, you're right. Like these books that are completely standout and unique. Oh, agents love to hear about them. Oh, they love them. They love them. But they go, I don't, I don't think I can sell I it. I don't know how to sell it. That happened to me. That happened to me with my ghost books. And it was incredibly demoralizing because I'd get these messages that were saying, hey, this is amazing. Don't change a thing. That was a real message I got from an agent. Don't change a word is what she said to me. Followed by, but I don't know how to sell it right now. And which to me just seems like you're bad at your job. I am a bookseller. I've been a bookseller for a long time at this point. I know how to sell it. I sold it to you. And you're telling me you don't know how to sell it? You don't know how to copy and paste the paragraph I wrote to you yeah. to a publisher? That was so perfect. Okay. Okay. Like, it's whatever, right? Like, I'm I'm happy that my course has taken me this direction or else I never would have met so many wonderful people and I wouldn't be able to write whatever the fuck. I want to write, which I'm now very possessive over. I love being able to write whatever I want, whenever I want to. Um, uh, <laughs> but that that being said, like, I think you're right. Like this, the entire process is so broken that, you know, it is this like it, every step of the way, it feels like there's a moment where it's just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, how does the system work at all? How has it ever worked this way? Um but well, I just think I'm so proud of the resiliency of like indie authors and especially the romance genre because, you know, like again, Amazon's had a the materials and labor costs went up, which yeah. like whatever for my day job, like we publish much more technical training manuals and like we've been dealing with that for two years now. Like Oh we, yeah. We no we no longer get to choose our type of paper. We are told we are told you get this paper and you are grateful. Yeah. We're like fine. I mean the, the <laughs> We need to we need to publish a book. That's fine. The artificial uh like subsidization of the Amazon book ecosystem has been this has been a long time coming. Um books have been going up in prices for ten years and Amazon has kept them artificially low, which yes benefits them greatly. Um, but yeah, it sucks, but also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like it, I, I don't think I'm the only author that it just rips my soul apart to like up the book price a dollar just so I don't make 14 cents per sale, yeah. you know, like I'm sure every author struggles with that. Um, yeah. it tore my soul up to charge a dollar more for the ebook, which I do make, you know, I make like, what do we make about half maybe? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Depends on which one you select. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, and it's just, I'm, I'm having, uh, I'm selling off some misprints currently right this hot second. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I was so pissed because a bunch of them came from my last shipment and we had all of this, you know, warnings that, oh, things are going to be more expensive because of materials and labor and paper is so expensive and blah, blah. Then where the fuck is quality control? If you want to lose less money, don't print fucking terrible books that I can't sell. And then, I you mean, know? that's across the industry, man. That is the amount of books that 
I mean, the problem is that there are only like three people in the entire world printing books, <laughs> first of all. But secondly, yeah. like the actual quality control has nosedived so significantly. The biggest issue we used to have in the bookstore was we'd get books in that were damaged in transit. Um, mm-hmm. And that because they don't care. They just throw the books in a box and then the, the books yeah. come and they've been smashed and torn and whatever. Um, and there are some uh, publishers who are more notorious for that than others. Um, <clears throat> but uh, basically, like, it it used to be that that was the biggest issue with damages. Now, our biggest issue with damages is, in fact, uh, misprints. It's uncut paper like literally you will find the edge of like a if you see if you go to a bookstore and you see a book that looks like it's been dog-eared and you're like oh that's weird sometimes actually the majority of the time for me now i flip that dog ear out and i find that it has a the actual like print edge where they're supposed to cut it um and it looks like a little tag at the top of those pages or the pages will be glued together or there'll be other books tucked inside or there'll be 75 pages missing or they'll be printed upside down and that used to be like a one in a thousand books that we would get that it is now i don't know i work at the bookstore three days a week i usually find at least two i can tell you right now that i had three misprints in a order of 12 yeah so uh, a quarter yeah yeah, solidly. Yeah, um, absolutely. And they're not bad. Like, if they were super bad, I wouldn't even sell them. Like, if they had missing pages. But they're and just they're enough saying, to be like, I can't in good faith sell this for full price. Exactly. Yeah. Like, my signature is not worth that much. No. <laughs> no. I mean, and that that's that's bookstore life, you know? Like, luckily, in the bookstore, we can return them. We can return yeah. them and we can get our money back or we can get credit and we buy another one. Or we, but, the, you know, we lose we lose customers who are like, hey, you said my book would get here in two or three business days and it's been a week. What happened? We have to be like, well, your book came in so damaged we couldn't sell it to you. So we had to order it again. Um, and and like that's just the, the, the again, the entire industry is on fire. <laughs> it's on fire. Top to bottom <laughs> from paper all the way to like top executives. Everything is so messed up. It's insane. <laughs> and it just seems like the I mean, of course, they don't want to take the easiest solution of just listening to authors and readers because they know better. They yeah. know. Like, they know, they don't, what do we readers and authors know? Well, also, I swear to God. it's not even that they think we're, our input is not valuable. I think they are very aware of the value of listening to, you know, these people who are basically doing free work for you, right? Um, it is the fact that they know that whether they invest the time and money into fixing the issues or not, we will still be there making them money. So what incentive do they have to actually do that? They do not. They simply do not. If it cannot be fixed by a bot, they're not going to do it unless the pressure is enormous or they start losing money. (laughs) And they're not losing money. So... Yeah. Anyway. Of course, I think it's only a matter of time, right? We've got another month that KU... Pages read are abysmally low. Yeah. We've got, I have seen so many authors saying, hey, I'm taking it off of KU um, to go wide. It's not something I see myself doing in the near future just because, like, yeah. I am no one. But it's just, like, like that's terrifying. Like, yeah. the authors doing it, I'm just, like, props to you. 
Yeah. We're so brave. I, mean, I am not brave. <laughs> but like, but yeah, it's very scary. And you, you see people having to pivot. And and that's the nature of this business. Pivoting is is what you got to do. And it sucks every yep. time. But yeah, it, it, it shouldn't be this way. Um, no. But, and I maintain if someone makes, and I would love it if it was an indie, because you, you see a couple indie people out there doing their own bookstores and their own Mm-hmm. Uh, little publishing houses and their own book boxes and that thing. If some people could just get together and make basically KU, and I mean, I'm holding out for Bookshop.org. I really am. I've been yeah. I've been holding out for a long time. They're starting their ebook business. If they could start a subscription, we would business, all flock there. Holy yeah, shit, like says, we would like so fast. I don't give a shit about Amazon. Like no, they don't give a shit about me. I don't give a shit about them. I just have to use it. To reach an audience at this point and I think like readers are so for the most part readers are so sweet they just like if it if they're doing something that might be not great for an author it's usually just because they don't know yeah yeah you know we need to tell them like hey this is what we're going through and I have so many readers reach out like oh my gosh we didn't know this was happening yeah like what can we do and it's just like buy from the store if you're able you know buy from my buy shop buy directly from the author if you can yes yeah I mean it is and it's... like an uh, I'm starting to think about getting my author copies not from Amazon. And, like, unfortunately, that means I'd have to raise prices. But, like, at least it would be better quality. They'd be better quality and they'd be worth it. And the people who are going to buy them usually are going to buy them anyway. So, yes. it, you know, like, it's fine. If they're nicer quality, you, yeah. can, you can do more stuff with them. But, yeah, it's a, it's a, weird, it's a weird landscape. And I think, you it know. It, and just to bring it back to genre, yeah. it's just so interesting, too, that, like, romance as a genre because by women for women at least at the start and now you can say it's really burgeoning and expanding in really fun interesting ways um of course that's going to be shit on by mainstream of course it is yeah but it's just fascinating to me to watch like even though that's the genre and then it has all the subgenres that are popular it's still and it still has such a corner of the market like over half Mm-hmm. Um, like you still have to have a genre to get anything sold. Yeah, I, even though they're like, oh, we don't like genre, but it's, but also we, we you need to have this down to a minute. And when you publish your book on Amazon, you need to tell it what category it is, which is basically what genre. <laughs> yeah, it's and that's the thing is like I literally I I I think I initially had I initially put I was marketing early early when i first started putting out that i was doing concerts glory right i started marketing it as um urban fantasy i think Mm -hmm. and an author friend messaged me and was like hey you're probably gonna want to change that to paranormal and i was like i mean sure but like you gonna give me a solid explanation because i've been looking for one and i haven't found one my fan my friend i don't know like is that the right one I, i i'll take your advice for sure but just like tell me why and they were just like Honestly, it's because the fans, um, if mm. you, if you market something that is like urban fantasy in particular in this particular case, right. And it is not to what the fans agree is urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. You could be completely ripped apart for yeah. it. Um, which I was like, I didn't even think <laughs> like, but what? But okay, fine. For sure. Yeah. Okay. But what is urban fantasy then? Please give me the explanation. I'm so tired. 
I will tell you what I think. Okay, you're the expert. You have the degree. Thank you. I have the degree, yes, in this. So my word is final. Yeah. In my opinion, urban fantasy obviously has magical elements. It's when the magic is like humans are the magic users, if that makes sense. So, for example, Ilana Andrews' Hidden Legacies series. Uh-huh. 100% urban fantasy. Yeah. In my opinion. It's all humans using magic. Okay. Now, her Innkeeper Chronicles series, uh-huh. where there are aliens, but all, you know, sort of supernatural creatures that we would consider supernatural. I would consider, and like a, a living hotel, a living inn, I would say is paranormal because the humans wield magic, but there's other things going on. Okay. For the most part. Okay. And so with the rise of monster romance and like your very lovely, wonderful new protectorate series to me is solidly PNR mm-hmm. because there are lots of different things going on, lots of species, lots of magic mm-hmm. versus urban fantasy, which is very much more human centric to me. I am totally down with that definition. However, I will tell you in all of my research, I have never heard that as the definition before. Fun. So, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. Like I'm down with it. I, I, I will agree with you. Good. I'll roll, I'll go over roll and go get my PhD. Cause I finally have a thesis. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, that's the thing is like, I'm, I, I was looking for it way back when I was, I was like, what the fuck is the difference here? Right. Um, yeah. And, and like, I definitely didn't see that. I saw it as like uh, whether urban fantasy was when it was hidden magic and paranormal mm-hmm. was when it was not hidden magic, which mm-hmm. it which makes no sense if you look at anything that markets itself as paranormal, right? Like, sure, some no. of it's going to be hidden or some of it's going to be out or whatever, like my stuff, but like IAD, all of yeah, that's like, hidden. <laughs> yeah. Or just like, or... Uh... Um, any sort of like shifter book, like yeah. you, it would be a shifter, but like one, they're all out and about and doing whatever they want or they're hidden. Yeah. Like no one knows about it. And then one of the characters, the main character stumbles into it. Yeah. Like that makes no sense because it's a shifter book. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it, I, I feel like it has to have, it must have to do with something with the magic system. Cause I know like for high fantasy, low fantasy and urban fantasy, I know this was a hot debate. Like when Harry Potter was still coming out. And you also had um, Claire. Oh, oh yes, the, yes, 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 yes. The, the shadow in, keepers or whatever it was. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes. Oh, the oh. one with the fake incest. You know, you know, and the, for teenagers. <laughs> and the and the one where she was um, uh, well, uh, had a bad reputation on fanfiction.net, shall we say? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 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 And there was hot debate. I mean, people still hotly debate what Harry Potter is. Is it? High fantasy or is it urban fantasy because it started out in our world and it's technically still in our world they're not crossing a yes. portal into another dimension see yes. it's so sticky yeah yeah because even i mean and even then like you could say the definitive high fantasy is lord of the rings but like is it it was written by a huge history nerd if anything, it's his. It's a fan fiction of his own made up language. He made yeah, the language first to support, and then yeah. wrote a world around it. Be like the big ass nerd he is, which again, I love it. 
I mean, that's basically like, that's, how, that's how the new protector book started. Is that I wanted a world to put Margot in, and everybody had to make it make sense. So basically, everything I I wrote is fan fiction for Margot. But that's not there we go. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all like, and I feel it. There's a part of me that just wants to be like fucking nerds you fucking nerds it doesn't matter it doesn't matter are they fun are they good to read yes then shut the fuck up shut the fuck up i i don't even like the the difference between fantasy and sci-fi because again there in lies an extremely blurry line um like there is so much of sci-fi that crosses over into fantasy as well like you can argue that like i mean what is like the root of the word fantasy, right? It is just like to imagine something, to to imagine something mm-hmm. that is beyond our our real world. Cool. Then that encompasses everything. <laughs> everything yeah. that could not feasibly happen in our world as it stands today is fantasy. So nothing means anything. Words are nonsense. Stop arguing about it. Go read a book and drink some water and then go take a fucking nap. I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. I do, I tend in my brain, like, I, I tend to ascribe to the old one of science fiction is an alternate future and fantasy is an alternate past. Um, just because when things get too sticky, my brain does not, my brain's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people will come and say, but what about Star Wars? And I will tell you, Star Wars is fantasy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> they tried to pull it into science fiction with fucking midichlorians, but did they pull it off? No, but then they, they did just not. did a eugenics, and that's not the same. Yeah. They have wizards. <laughs> they, have, they have so many wizards, and they have evil, oh, evil sorcerers. Swords. Yes, they have glowy Their main swords. weapons, rather than guns, and also is swords. And and the swords are powered by magic crystals that have to choose the wearer. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, that's fucking sci-fi. That's I mean, you're a wizard. It's not sci-fi. Like, yeah, I know. I know. I, I, it's I, a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Like it all, it all kind of, I don't know. It, it gets, it's the more people argue, the more I lose patience where I'm just like, does it matter? Does it fucking matter? Does it matter? Is this worth your time? You have so, so little time on this earth. Does it fucking matter? And the only reason it really, truly super duper does matter is because if you are trying to make any fucking money in this business, you have yep. to know your genre. Like, oh my God, I have gotten, because Aerie, and I knew going in that I was going to have to, because when I finished Aerie and I I was deciding, is this going to be marketed as romantic fantasy mm-hmm. or fantasy romance? There is a difference. Yes, there is a difference. The market is bigger for one of them. Yep. I went with fantasy romance. Yeah. Because... The relationship really is the It's the central it. part of the, the story. 100%. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Like, if they, I don't know, went off and did their own things for a while, and there were more characters, then, like, maybe, yes, you could make that. If the world was more the plot than the relationship yes. between the two of them, then yes. But as it stands, the entire book is about them. <laughs> yes. Which, like, can you blame me? Because they're great. They're great. Um, we just need more floofy bird boy Moment. So sad, uh, bird boy. So sad. So broody. He's so sad. Just hangs upside down. Reads sad poetry. Yes, and looks uh, over maps. <laughs> plays word games. Plays chess. Yes, and watches his very strong wife. Yes. Like, so strong. Have we talked about my wife lately. We do. Lo- we do love a doing? wife guy. We do. We do. Yeah. Uh, and. I, I have definitely since deciding to do that. It wasn't the wrong decision, 
I knew I would take Heat Force it because it's not, especially in a genre that is absolutely 1000% defined by A Court of Thorned Roses by Sarah J. Moss. For better or for worse. Because my book is not that. <laughs> because yeah. my book has a blonde hero. <laughs> yeah. I have committed the ultimate sin. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He is blonde. He is broody. He does I, not have any tattoos. People are so much more <laughs> forgiving of, of paranormal where they're just like, yeah, anything goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty much anything He's goes. got a literal snout. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry about <laughs> That's it. Fine. Like, you know, I, I, which was kind of why I think I have always gravitated towards the genre because I, you know, I, I'm going to be able to do whatever I want to be able to do whatever I want. Um, and, you know, the moment I decided I was going to self-publish Concerts Glory, I was like, okay, well, then if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to then I'm gonna go whole hawk. I'm going to go weird with it. I'm just going to make my elves all a bunch of different colors. Um, I'm going to age them up. There's going to be a 50-page Conalina scene in the middle of it. We're going to call it a day. Um, anyway, wait, can we define high, the difference between high and low fantasy for me? Because I don't know. I that, Yes. I don't know any of that. To me... And, and I think, generally speaking, high fantasy is going to be something like Lord of the Rings. The world is entirely quotes around it. You know, it's going to have a map. Uh-huh. It's, it's Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's, it's Lord it's of the Rings. It's fantasy. You know, it's, it's the... Yes. It's fantasy with a big F. Yes. And, and uh, uh, sad violin music as the, as, the, as the camera pans over the map. And Usually it opens has a ridiculous up with it's a long rainy name. day. Someone has a hood on, is walking down yes. a dirt road. There's it a bow. smells vaguely of horses and leather. Yes. And, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, and definitely set in some sort of historic time period. Okay. A lot of times that's medieval Europe. Yes, that's um, say he's... that is growing. Yes, thankfully. thank God. <laughs> but medieval Europe yeah. is a tried and true. Low fantasy, I would say, tends to take much more heavily from our world and very specific timelines. I would say things like steampunk and gas lamp is oh. very low fantasy. Um, things, and I know that like urban and low fantasy, sometimes people think that they blend. How much they take? Are they were? Are they like actually in? You know. 1860s London or is it like an alternate or a facsimile of it yeah. like yeah and and also like I think there are elements too where like high fantasy there's some sort of quest battles wars to save whereas low fantasy maybe it might be a bit smaller of a story mm-hmm. you know there isn't necessarily mm-hmm. a quest or it might be more in like a city mm. um and maybe the elements aren't as fantastical mm-hmm and to me, and again, it sort of gets wishy-washy, but Lord of the Rings really is, like, the quintessential high fantasy. You know, it's funny, because I was reading, um, I I think, I'm not a huge fan of, I'm on record saying I'm not a huge fan of, of high fantasy. Um, just because, in general, I've been burned many times by the, like, learning curve of a high fantasy. 100%. And I just, like, I don't have the patience for it. I don't have the patience for it. Either throw me in, either have the confidence to fucking throw me in there and let me figure it out as I go, or um, give me an anchor. Give me a give me a point at which I can myself, like, interact with this world in a way that will teach me about it, right? 
Yeah. For instance, that's why I do like portal fantasies. Now, portal mm-hmm. fantasy is a very specific type of fantasy genre, which all of you listening know about. Um, it is where somebody from our world or even another world, but usually it's our world, um, is transported to a high fantasy land of some sort. Yes. Um, and uh, if we're talking about new releases, I just finished um, Servant to the Spy Day by, uh, by our, our hashtag queen, Ruby Dixon, um, which was very good, <laughs> which is technically a high fantasy within a portal fantasy series. <laughs> yes. It's a portal fantasy to a high fantasy. Yes. Because yes. Um, I I love it. I love it. It's insane. Um, that one was fantastic. Very short. If you, if you, honestly, as a sidebar here, I was led to believe by the hullabaloo around spiders in this that it was going to have a lot more spider content. It did not have nearly as much spider content. But I will say, um, slight spoilers here, uh, and to quote, one of my dear friends, um, it did have uh, cobwebs in your cooter action. So there was that. <laughs> and that's for my friend Whoop. Um, but I, I uh, we were talking about it. We were, I was like, there's more spider stuff. She's like, I thought there was enough spider stuff. And I was like, I, okay, but we're living in a post. Um, uh tiffany roberts uh spider series world right yes we're we're living in a post ensnared world if you tell me that there is a lot of spider content and that the heroes of a novel are very spidery i'm expecting him to be a spider and so Mm -hmm. when you tell me that the spider content is just that they have spiders as pets and yeah sometimes they ejaculate spider webs like that's not enough for me (laughs) Which I think I'm broken. I think I've. I think I've finally hit my limit. I think I well, recognize that's the problem it. too. With okay, but also assuming we do have spiderweb ejaculate, yeah. would that then just pull the uterus out? No, like, it like comes out and like she can kind of it kind of she can kind of just fish it out with like like a menstrual cup. <laughs> you see that's one of those things that I, i'm 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 personally just i my my line in the sand and romance is insectoid romance. i i don't just, i i can't really do it and i'm all here for queen tiffany <laughs> roberts i'm here for that they are the royal couple of it and i'm here for that and you know susan trombley has had it naomi lucas has had it we love them and obviously yeah. love to see them succeed I, it, I it's just not for me and that's absolutely okay and i'm always here for that and i'm always here for the art and i just look at it and i go that's nice i keep He's waiting to find my line <laughs> and i haven't found it yet oh no um and you know and <laughs> it's yeah that's just i and that's something i've come to know about myself and i have to reckon with right like i as i was reading it and i kept waiting for them to turn into spiders you know because it's a technically speaking it's a I hate the term reverse harem, so I prefer to use poly. But if you don't know what those things are, they, yeah, it's multiple partners. Um, it's three men and a woman. And, but technically they're all the same guy. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a, her world is very fun. Um, but, uh, I, I, her, actually, her, her aspect in Anchor series, um, it was a huge influence, uh, on when I was redoing the mythology for, uh, for Concerts Glory when I was rebuilding it. 
Um, anyway, I, I was expecting these three men to immediately turn into big, big old honk of spiders. Um, <laughs> cause they're like, you know, like why there's spider webs everywhere. Like people were all, you know, spider, spider stuff. It's got a lot of spider stuff in it. And like, man, so she's got spider webs in her cooter. Come on. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? <laughs> Who hasn't pulled a clump of spider webs out of there and out again? Um, You're having a good time. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, anyway, it was a great book. It was really good. But yeah, if you're worried Excellent. that they're going to be insectoid, they're not. <sighs> and that's, not, that's not a criticism of Ruby Dixon. She did a wonderful job. I didn't expect that from her. But right. I was tainted by the people who were like, oh, spiders, everything's spiders. Pfft, come on, everything's spiders. They have spider pets. And yes, they ejaculate spider webs. Okay, fine. Sure. I will say though that I think Ruby Dixon is the gateway for a lot oh, of people. Oh, she's oh, so, she is. She is herself a portal yes. to debauchery untold. Yes. Uh, and so if you were following along and you're like, oh wow, aliens, okay, okay, dragons, great. Uh-huh. And then now you're reading her aspect and anchor series, and then this this is going to be your first. I could see that. You know, people going in and like Spider Man. I know, right? Like, (laughs) I've blown my mind. Who can do? Oh my god! There's there's three of them, and they're just they're just shooting webs everywhere. Yeah, (laughs) I can see that Ruby Dixon is like one end of a spectrum for you as a reader. A, a okay, and B, I can see how that would be like Spider content i know like, you know right? exclamation it's, point it's more um, of a commentary on me and where i'm at mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. <laughs> that <laughs> i i'm like ruby dixon is the other end of the spectrum for you <laughs> as in mild <laughs> you know well i think that's what happens when your first romance novel you ever read was was one of the most hardcore iad books like you know, I didn't. I started out. I got. I got dropped into the deep end of the pool, huh? In the dark, blindfolded, hands tied behind my back, and told to swim. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't stand a chance. Um, yeah, and also just like I don't know. I'm always like I'm always looking for something new, but uh, but yeah, I I don't have any problem with the insectoid stuff. But her books are cool because um, I mean, obviously they're very they're very well done, and Ruby could fucking sell me a box of rocks, and I I say thank you um because she's she's just a yeah she's just a wonderful writer um she's she's 100%. her character arcs are just fucking exquisite just so good um yes. even i mean her her novellas like oh we're great i love i love her novellas i love her Ristafers. they're all fantastic um but her i i i do love her fantasy because i find it very accessible mm-hmm. because yes. we are entering the world through the eyes of somebody from our world and so as they are learning we are learning too as opposed to getting this like massive info dump where all of a sudden you're expected to know all these fucking names all these fucking places all these goddamn languages and usually there's a song in there am i supposed to imagine what the song sounds like i'm not gonna do that don't do that to me i don't know these people i don't care like i i can't i can't do it it's definitely a drawback, and I think that that's one of the reasons why the hero's journey, you know, like characters like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. characters like Luke Skywalker and Frodo Baggins, they 
inhabit such a small niche even of a imagined world and then they're taken to yeah you know if you're not gonna do a portal fantasy that's one way is just to have a character who knows literally like small boy knows nothing small boy knows nothing and who is also like his culture is the closest to ours that you can get really within the the world hobbits are the english like hobbits are the english they all they like have indoor plumbing they're chill they love to eat a lot they wear like normal clothes and stuff and then they branch out into the world and it's like oh everybody's different from me um like like, you you need that gateway (laughs) yeah right yes oh no this is why we don't (laughs) leave (laughs) hobbits were correct that's why you shouldn't leave um yes (laughs) yeah i i think like that that bridge is really necessary because like I'm not here to to learn <laughs> in like I I'm not well that's no, not true. I love learning. I love experiencing a new world in a book. Like obviously that's what I like about it. What I don't like is going to school. And if you're telling yes. me that I need to go to school in the first 100 pages of your book to understand what's happening in the last 500 pages of your book, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to yeah. do it. And if you can't fucking hook me in the first 50, so I care about the people who you are asking me to learn about, uh, then, like, I'm not going to do it. I don't care how how great your fan art is. I don't care how cool your world building is. I don't care. I'm not here to go to school. <laughs> yeah, and I do think that is definitely a pitfall of, fan- of high fantasy. I know I... Um... My first book out was A Time of War and Demons, and I do love that book. Um, it fought me a long time. It sat half done for a long time, then I finally finished it. Um, it is technically the first book in a whole world. Mm-hmm. Everything's plotted out. I have multiple documents on what happens. I have legitimate family trees that go, I want to say, 15 generations into the future because the series was going, you know, the plan for the series is. It's a family saga in that it takes place, like, eight more books take place over, like, 500 more years. Yeah. Um, And it just... When I went to write the second book, because I have about 80 pages of the second book. Yeah. um, I'd lost... There was just so much of it. Yeah. There's so much you have to... And especially when you've written a book. Uh And I also fell into the pitfall of, like, writing a book that is descendants of your first main characters your first loves you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you it has to be it can't the book can't be about them but you want it to be about them yeah because they're in your heart your main characters yeah and so it's so hard to make new main characters and then to let them inhabit a new world yeah and like what would the world look your world look like 90 years later sort of thing Mm -hmm. and it's just and I can understand why I know George R. Martin has done interviews saying how he gets stuck and so one of the reasons why he has so many points of view is he can skip to a different chapter yeah and write someone else because he gets he can get stuck yeah and so i think there is definitely a pitfall like i haven't thought about or worked on uh the house of the rising sun series in years and i don't plan on it because it's just I had to unplug from it because it was just too much. And so yeah. it's definitely a pitfall of like too, there is such a thing as too much world building. So, you know, it was funny too. Cause like I, I have, I have the exact same issue. So I have a, a book that I started working on. Um, gosh, 2019, 
before I started doing any of the ghost stuff, I, I started working on this. Technically, it was a portal fantasy, although I didn't really know what that was at the time. Um, and it's it's all about the Fae, and it's kind of like, hilariously, prior to the MPU, that Abigail was very grimdark. I don't know why, but everything I wrote was so fucking edgy. I go back and I read it, I'm like, girl, you okay? Like, do why? Right, what are you doing? I think we all have an edge lord phase. I we honestly, all do, I think it was writers. because like there was a certain amount of like I don't think fluff can get published. I don't think like I think I was kind of trying to gear towards this like edgy like this is gonna like really tear people's hearts out and this is gonna be what you know what somebody wants to read. Um, which now like yeah, I like dark stuff. Like the novella that's coming out right now is like quite dark. But, like, it has a core of, like, hopefulness and, you know, yeah. striving towards the HEA and stuff, so th- th- which lightens it up. Um, like, you can have a dark premise, but this was all just, like, everybody hates each other and this, everything's agony and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and so I had this this high fantasy, this, like, portal fantasy that I was working on. I got, I built, I did the whole outline. I built the whole world. I had all this stuff. I had a map. I had all this stuff. I wrote god probably 160 pages and then i hit a wall because i was like i'm i'm bored (laughs) i'm bored i have to remember all this shit all the time and like does this even matter would anyone even care about all of this um and i set it down to write the ghost books instead which were still pretty grimdark but I'm doing closer to what we know now um and then i went back and i still want to write that story i still want to i think it's i really like the characters and i like the world but i went back and i reread the first chapter and i actually had um my critique my critique group look at it last month because i was like hey guys like this is some old stuff i want to see if i can retool it like what do you think of this like grimdark <laughs> bullshit i wrote and and they were like oh yeah no it's really good but i was going back and i was rereading it and i was like there's so much jargon in here. There's so much just yeah. like I felt the need to name everything and everything has to have the same. You have to know all of that, that that's different and that's different and that's different right away. And I was like, oh, this is incomprehensible to me now. This is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I think you can get so lost in the sauce of fantasy that like, yeah. and the thing that I don't like about reading high fantasy, I had done. Yeah. No, and I think it's because a lot of times readers and and newer authors and just people who want to dabble in the genre think that that's what it has to be Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you because things like game of thrones and uh lord of the rings are held up and it's one of those things that you can't force it Mm -hmm, like tolkien and martin can inhabit their worlds for so long because they live and breathe it and if you do not live and breathe that world you shouldn't write it that way. If it's not you're just natural going to, get bored. to you, you can't it needs do to be it. natural because it's like, it's so obvious that they were so enamored with their worlds. Like yeah. Martin also has like, he wrote histories of like, you know, that's what the new prequel series mm-hmm. house of the dragon. That's what it's about is a, these like little novellas of a history that he wrote on. And it's, it's written like a history book. It's not yeah. written like game of Thrones with like plot and shit. Mm-hmm um it's very dry people like the critics reviews of it are hilarious that you know it's just it's it's a dry history lesson on ego because it's just George R. R. Martin doing his thing but other people love it some people love reading that yeah and honestly as a writer sometimes it's so fun to write it but if you don't live and breathe it like you're just 
you have a vague and it's okay to just kind of have a vague idea of a world yeah and like a cool idea and to just put your characters in it and let them go and the world will unfold and you don't have to have everything. you find your own foothold as a writer for yes. it yeah, yeah i think i think that is what i learned is that you have to be fluent in your own language and if you are speaking another person's language you are not going to be fluent you are going to maybe be pretty good but you're never yeah. going to be natural. Um, and a reader will feel that friction when you're writing. 100%. Because there's just, there's so many times when I see things and, you know, science fiction romance can kind of do this too. Where like, oh, you have to think of a word, like rather than fuck or rather than oh my God, this you or don't. that. And then you just so like, you so don't. Oh. Please don't. Unless it's like a really fun one or like. Unless it's it has just... cultural meaning. That's the thing. Okay. Yes. This is my pet peeve with sci-fi in particular. Sci-fi is way more guilty of this, I think, than fantasy is. Sci-fi will do this thing where an alien will have um, a different word, obviously a word from their language, for basic shit, right? Yes. Usually because I'm reading, you know, uh, sci-fi romance, it'll be like a different word for heart, right? Yes. Or... I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, or hands. Like love or, like, or soul. Or, or, yeah. or, or cock, right? Yes. Like, let's be honest. Um, and there is nothing that is more fucking infuriating than reading that hundreds of times in a book sometimes for no reason. It's, I If you were giving me a new word for something that, okay, clearly they have a common language because I'm reading them in English. Right, I'm reading them that in English translates. right now. Why and is that? Just have a translator, you know. Yeah, or even if they don't have a translator, if it is from their perspective, and yes. I can read their inner monologue, and then randomly you have them put in a different word for their fucking heart, like my friend, my good time pal. Please do not. I only have so many life minutes. Do not do this to me, unless, unless. You have a really big, really important cultural world-building reason for that change, at which point I will allow it. If they have a different word for heart because heart to them means something totally different and yeah. they have like a really specific cultural relationship to hearts, like for sure, for sure. If like if they say arm... <laughs> Yes. Then, then the word for their penis should be the same word. <laughs> like, you know, like it doesn't make any sense unless they have that huge difference, unless there is a concrete world building reason. Because every time you do something like that, you are asking your reader to do a little bit of work. And yeah. when we have to do that little bit of work that builds up every single time you do it. Until we are doing actually a lot of work and then we're noticing it and we're being taken it out of the narrative to think about what the fuck did that word mean again? Oh, right. That's his fucking heart. Right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm very no, passionate about that. <laughs> like I can, the amount of times that authors have replaced like, oh, it, it's water. Yes. It's water though. Oh, it, then it's water. <laughs> if you say that's dirt, then that should be water. <laughs> Yes. Like, I 100% think, like, if they have a different organ or a different sense. Yes. Or just, yes. you know, like, if you want it. And that, that's the thing that I think it's a mis... Like, it's peppered in there for flavoring because I think authors think that they have to. Yeah. To and it's like, not taken yeah. with, oh, if you're going to do it, play with it. You know, if yeah. it means something different than, like, I don't want to use, oh, their mates. You know, their faded mates. Yeah. 
I want to use a word for it. Okay, is there a way you, you could play with it? You know, because yeah. like humans have like soulmate, that sort of thing. Like, yeah. why are you using a different word? It needs sure. to have a reason from it. Yeah. And it's just down to lazy writings. And I also hate when it's still, it's not even a made up word. It's still an English word, but it's just like we already have a, like, I'm not going to name the series or the author. It just sticks in my brain. But calling pants ass coverings. <laughs> and there's a couple other instances of it where we're just using other words. Just, just say fucking pants. Yeah. I don't. This is a highly advanced. <laughs> like, and honestly, for some reason, because it just got so ridiculous to me. Because they're an advanced society, but also like barbarian warriors. But I'm just like, I don't. Those are arguably. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, I was just imagining assless chaps the whole time. That's absolutely what I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, ass I'm just like, okay, so are these like. Or just 1970s, like cheeky little shorts. Like circa 1970s basketball shorts? Yeah, like those are little these cheeky like, babies. Yeah. Like the yeah. nothing to the imagination? Are these like. In my mind, it was like peak, you know, village people, ass chaps. Yeah. You know, assless chaps, which is not what the author wants me to think. And I understand what she's doing because she's, you know, going for a gritty world and that they use these words and they have kind of like more brutal terms for things. I'm like, but you're asking the me to place do to more fight work this battle is, is not on the word pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're absolutely right. And I've like, this is the, the, the pitfall with the entire genre of fantasy, right? Uh, high, yes. low, urban, paranormal, whatever the fuck. Yes. You can get lost in your sauce um, in yes. an effort to be making that flavor. And I get that. And and every reader has their own line for what is tolerable. Um, people will notice yes. shit. I mean, y- you, you can't account for everything. And Lord knows I have done things where I look back and I'm like, oh, fuck, I should change that. I should just... For instance... I should not have named them wares. I should have done something different. I had a whole thing. I had a whole thing about it. I had a whole thing about it in my brain. And I and I don't regret that. But like the confusion that I have received from people who are like, so shifters and they're the same. <laughs> no, they're not. No, I'm being very explicit. Um, which is like a stupid battle to fight. <laughs> but like, well, that's on me. Microsoft Word must just hate you. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. <laughs> Uh, it absolutely does. Um, but, you know, that's that's my, and I have to live with that. And that's just that's just a mistake I have to live with. And that is going to be somebody's line where they're going to read that enough times. And they're going to go, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I can't. This is really stupid. I can't. And that's OK. Like, we what, all are have words? That. what are words? <laughs> what are the words? Yeah. I, you know, I think it'll make sense. Eventually. Um, but my grand well, hard. We haven't really had a where main character. My yet. grand vision. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll reveal all, but, like, up until it's that on. point, it has been a, a tragic and misbegotten decision. <laughs> um, and that's fine. That happens. Okay, I laugh about it, right? Like, it's okay. Like, it didn't, you know, it's, it's yeah. gonna happen. It could have been a lot worse. But, yeah, it's, you get lost in your sauce, and that's just, that's just the way it is. And honestly, sometimes I wish I had added a bit more sauce once in a while. Like, I've had people, I've had a few wonderful people draw, like, fan art uh-huh. of Airy, which is just fantastic and I've had people ask this and like honestly now I kind of wish I gave Belle bird feet well but you know, then here's like, the issue with that like, but then I would have had to account for his bird feet 
I mean, that Constantly. honestly, I regret giving my dragons like talons, sort of like talony feet, oh. mm-hmm. because I all I hate drawing feet. Um, mm-hmm. I hate drawing feet. I don't like drawing mm-hmm. feet. They suck. Um, so I love to draw shoes, and I can't put shoes on them. Right. They don't wear shoes. No. <laughs> well, so, except for maybe a snatched sandal, but like, yeah, or like a that. very specific foot covering, um, yes. which is fine. But like. I have so many regrets where I'm like, this anatomically makes sense for takeoff and, 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 you know, touchdown or whatever, right. And landing. Um, but, but there, I could have just not, (laughs) I also could have not, and no one would have questioned it. (laughs) And now I can never put boots on Tavas and I have so many regrets. He would have looked so hot. Exactly. I always feel, whenever I draw him, I'm always like, ooh, put a little cute little boot on him. Put a cute little, like, he'd have some really fancy-ass dress shoes. And I'm like, oh, right. He's fucking barefoot. Disgusting. (laughs) Just this outfit is not complete. No. And both of us hate it. I just gotta put toe (laughs) rings on him or something. (laughs) Of course, they can could paint their toes. They can, and they, they, as in was stated in Strike, they do wear a lot of, like, body paint and stuff just to be fun. Yes. Um, but, yeah. They seem, they seem fun. They're fun. Yeah. Dragons are fun. Hey. But you know what are more fun? What? Orcs. That's what I was literally about to segue into. <laughs> I felt the segue energy. Yes. It was consuming me. Yes. Orcs are very fun, although I would argue that they, they party not as hard as dragons do. No, and I do think there is a quite works are one of these fun sort of like dragons, elves, fae, even shifters to a point like are definitely are solidly in the like safe monster light yeah. category. Yeah. Um, Intro to monsters. Orcs definitely bridge the gap. How hard you want to go? <laughs> oh, and you graduate up to like there's like shall we say low orcs? There's portal orcs. There's low orcs. There's high orcs. Yes. yes. <laughs> there's 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 triple x orcs <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah my orcs are solidly yes. in the middle they're just kind of you know, the real yeah. Orcs. yeah 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 <laughs> i'm i i yeah i'm having a good time with my orcs though because a lot of them are cowboys and that just that just does don't tickle me uh i love that yeah so much yeah <laughs> they, i mean you know they're solid <laughs> I could see them wrangling some cattle. Exactly, right? Like, I, yeah, just, you know, they're just chilling. They're having a good time. Uh, when they party, they party hard. But usually they're, you know, they work hard, they party hard. <laughs> Whereas dragons mostly just party hard. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, you have a, you have a, you have a something, 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 mm-hmm. something. So I've been working currently on a new high fantasy. Uh not nearly as complex or complicated as Aryan Haven, because I didn't want to do that to myself again. Um, also, isn't it, or isn't, or were you st- striving for novella, or is that long <laughs> since past? No, I am striving for it being shorter than Aerie. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Constitutes f- over 400 pages. I could write this thing, and it would be shorter than yeah. Aerie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm shooting it for it being a normal person like novel. Yeah, regular <laughs> like novel. A, like like Wait, so seventy like Empire, to ninety five. Empire was like was like two hundred and fifty pages. It was like ninety eight thousand words. Mm-hmm. What are you? And then Concert yeah. Glory was like a hundred and 
25. Yeah, Aerie was... I'm going to say Aerie was 138. Okay. And Haven was 149. Yeah. Around there. So you're I'm striving for... I'm hoping this will clock in at 100k or less. Okay, yeah. That's a very reasonable novel. Thank you. Like, things are happening. I'm about at a third of the way through. Yeah. And... You know, we basically need to get them to boning. Yeah. Because that is... The road to bone town is long sometimes yeah, in fantasy. It, unfun- unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Um, But this is just... It's a fluffy uh, idea I've had for quite a while now, but I wouldn't let myself work on it until I finished Haven because mm-hmm. I had put everyone through enough mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that Haven is out and now that like Stonehearts has been out and is yeah, everything's ready time. to go. And I have, I gave myself a little break after Stonehearts. I read some books and then now I've just been working on Halfling and yeah. Halfling will be about a human woman and a half-orc who saves her. And his, and his small companion. And he has a little raccoon baby. A little raccoon baby. A little raccoon. A little handy baby. He's really, he's, uh, he's, uh, the real star of the novel. It's true. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. He enjoys apricots and carrots and jerky and pretty much everything else. And trash, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes. Well, again, in the world of this fantasy novel, there's not a lot of trash. (laughs) Because they're on, they are on the road. I'm sure there is trash in the human settlements, but, um, we are not stopping in them very much. We are on the road. And for, for someone... Who hates camping as much as I do? God, this you one, sure do have a lot of that, eh? I, there's a lot of camping in my books. Yeah, <laughs> that might keep writing horse girls. Yeah, <laughs> Just why? Why are all my heroines horse girls? I love it. I'm not a horse girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something intoxicating about a road trip romance, and that's really what you've right. continued to try and do <laughs> every single. <laughs> There's just something so tantalizing about. Well, it's here's just the, the deal. Stuck together. It's because you need to. Honestly, the one of my pet peeves about romance is that I do not care about anybody else in the book besides the main couple or sundry, yeah. right? Everybody involved in the relationship, shall we say? Um, I do not care. I'm I'm glad I will see them in a future book. Yes, sequel bait. I love you. Yes, 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 yes. However. What I want as a reader and as a writer is to get those bitches alone and only talk about and them together. Oh, that's it. And a road trip is a perfect opportunity for that. If you get them on the road together, are they talking to anybody else? Or is anybody else around them? No, not usually except for like little like, you know, moments at a gas station or whatever, right? Or in this case, I don't know. A horse resting stop, um, <laughs> right? Like, right? Or like an inn. Um, you're you're an inn. This I'm is, at a motel. This road trip is entirely by foot. <laughs> yeah. So like, right? Like you know, it's it's a it's a cheat to get people to be alone together and to like bond and develop a relationship, which is harder to do when you've got like a castle full of people you need to account for and like all this stuff, right? Um, so that's what I think. Like that's the appeal of it. Is I just want them to get alone together as fast as possible, and that is a way to do that. So 
Yeah. Well, that and I one thing I really appreciate about kind of where romance has been going is that we more and more see them as a couple mm-hmm. by like sixty percent of the book. Yeah. And provided there is not a third act breakup, which yeah. is I hate so much. Um, executed well, fine. They are often not executed well, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it's just, it's, you see them coming from a mile away. And that is no shade on any particular author. Yeah. I know for a fact that something akin to it happens in one of my own books. Um, but, no spoiler. Um, <laughs> but it's just, if I can see it coming a mile away, like if I already know before they've even gotten together that they're going to break up for drama's sake, like I am miffed. Yeah. Miffed, I say. Um but I just really enjoy because right the classical romance novels. Some of them they would get together, especially the ones where like they have to get married, you know, early <sighs> yeah. on. Yeah. But then, well, because a lot of them they couldn't they couldn't really do it until they they got together, which they also didn't want to include that much sex in the books, and then they had to put that all at the end usually. And so, yeah, so it's all at the end. Yeah. They're all together, and it's just like the you know, time it's the same, similar thing with yeah. you know classic princess disney princess movies yeah where they're together at the end and you don't see them as a couple yeah and i think that's you know sort of the uh you see that a lot in fan fiction is this like you want them to be together and a lot of it is just like you want to see them doing like take me to see grocery like grocery shopping with them like i just want to see them as a couple i want it to be cute um i just want to have spend time with these characters Mm -hmm. um and yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like when I'm reading romance and I'm here for the characters and there's just other side characters to just draw things out. I'm just like, I don't like you could have the most charming, wonderful side character. And I don't give a shit. I do not if care I know for them. a fact, I do not care if I know for a fact you are just prolonging this. Yeah. Or you're just there for like comedic effect or or like just to fill the gaps of the 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 you're you're the mortar for this house you're trying to build because you don't want to put in other world building or you need listen i you tell me that this person has friends and i'll believe you i don't need to meet them i don't need to see them you know unless it's like really plot relevant i don't need to you know what i'm here for i'm here for the two of them that's all that's all i need preferably boning preferably boning you know because in a very consensual in a nice, very intimate way. A, a way that they both enjoy very much. Yes. yes. Speaking of things I enjoy, uh, friendo, it's the plug zone because we're at the end of this episode. I do love a plug. I know. Plugs light up the world. Plug me, baby. Okay, so discussed halfling a little bit. It's yes. going to be coming out in the beginning of October. So in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe pre-orders should be up sometime in July. Mm-hmm. Cover reveal sometime in July, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there will be signed copies on my author website. It's going to be so good. And also in July, uh, just, you know, next week. Oh, my God, we're already halfway through the year. I don't want to talk ah! about it. I don't, don't want to talk about it. I got so many things I got to do for July. I don't want to talk about it. Ah! Uh, my birthday is in early July. So mm-hmm. keep on the lookout for some giveaway opportunities some other things and you got some good merch and stuff so people want to get they want to be part of those giveaways yeah so you know keep on the lookout and i've got and if you haven't seen the fucking cover for for stone hearts you have not lived you have not lived it is is, so beautiful it's 
just, you know, and this is a, a secondary plug, a European plug to Beth Gilbert over in the UK, my cover artist, yeah, whom I love so much. And if she would allow it, I would be best friends with her. <laughs> I think she know. I think she sees how strong of an energy I would come in with, <laughs> and she has kept, kept, kept the pond between us. Yes, fair because enough. she knows how hard I would come in. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Are, what is this tone, Miss Abigail? I would. Um, what? <laughs> what? What? Such a praise. Always. So, you have such a soft touch, Sarah. I know. I know. Um, because we would be best friends for life and ever <laughs> if she would allow it. But I'm I'm happy, very very content to just be her client. Yeah. And she just, oh, just I'm I'm anxiously awaiting the half lane cover, and we've been teased with it, and I'm just going to explode and it's going to be explosion of tears. It's going to be incredible. Like I can't you think wait. I'm going to DM you like I've never DM'd you before. <laughs> My phone's going to explode. It's going to explode. Like yeah. you need to get a new iPhone. Like, yeah. It's going to explode like a fucking Tesla. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> just lithium battery is just going to catch yeah. fire. It's just yeah. going to be the Elmo meme yeah. of fire. It's just, the world is not prepared. I'm I'm very excited because all your covers are gorgeous. But the stone hearts, I mean, there was just so much pink. It's just, you know, and I had given Beth so little. I, I described the characters to her. Yeah. Um, And we had discussed, like, the Aryan Haven covers. Like, I have a couple covers that I kept sending her as inspo. I love a clinch cover. Mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm, a romantic, mm-hmm. like, embracing, almost about to kiss in each other's arm. Love it. But yeah. it, that did not feel right for Aerie and Haven. They were too epic for that, and it gave it a tone that it quite wasn't quite. So when we got yeah. the Stonehearts cover, I was like, Beth, pinks, purples, romance. Gauzy, fluffy, like, he's glowy. He's got a bit. He's got a bubble butt. Let's do this. Yes. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's so good. And... I've got the cover art on my website. So, you know, if you need some Beth Gilbert art, I can provide. Yes. And or go to her Etsy. She's opening her Etsy shop, I think, tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So what is tomorrow would be June 26th. So yeah. Go buy Beth Gilbert art. Do it. And then pre-order Halfling when it's up. Yes. Yes. And if you go to uh, Sarah's Instagram, you can find a bunch of, like, teasers and stuff, too. Yes. Um, and, of course, get Burden's Bonds when it comes out because, my goodness... We barely talked about everyone's favorite, emotionally constipated, baby man prince. He's doing his best. He's just such a piece of shit. Yeah, but he's a royal piece of shit. That's he, the thing. He's he's a he's talking about edge lords. Boy howdy, uh, our boy Kaz is uh, is is the edgiest little princess. Uh, he's he really is something else. He's he's um. He's a prime rib edgelord. And to be fair, he's gone through some shit for sure. Oh, sure. It's not without he has cause. earned his trauma badge but he, in the Boy Scouts. You know, <laughs> but also he's with a he's with a woman who uh, puts up with no shit. <laughs> Utterly unimpressed by him. Completely unimpressed, <laughs> as he deserves. Um, yes. uh, he's... <laughs> just, his, just everything about it is perfection, and I just... It's delicious, and I love it. Yeah, he's doing a he's he's doing the damn thing. Uh, this poor Atria man, <laughs> she's just trying to go to work. I just, I just want to do my science. Please just let me go to the conference. <laughs> oh and man, I'm a work trip. <laughs> this is the worst work trip ever. <laughs> They're not known to be good. No, she's like my standards were so low. How did this happen? 
Yeah. We all been there. We all been there. I just think it is so fortuitous that we both have half orc orc books coming out in October. Well, technically, Burton's Bonds does not come out until December. What? Yeah. I did not have my dates correct. Yeah, it comes out December 12th. I mean, holy, it'll wrap up on bananas. It'll wrap up on the Patreon in October, I believe. Um, but it'll be finished on the Patreon until then, until December, because I give people like a month to read it. Gotcha. If they want to binge. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be the the holiday treat is you get to read Burden's mm. Bonds, uh, in its entirety. Oh boy, it's, so, it's delicious. It's quite the ride. It's quite the ride. The reactions week by week have been quite something, uh, as people are like. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a fun book to write. That, that's Atria's question, too. Just Yes. Like, what? what is happening? I don't understand. And even when things are going her way, she also still doesn't understand what's happening. It's uh, just the power when you were not prepared to suddenly become the main character. Like, whoa, that whoa, is whoa. Atria's whoa. whole energy. I was not prepared to be the main character. I don't want to be the main character. And I'm with a man who is the most main character a man can get. Yes. Knows he's the main character, enjoys being the main yes. character, is a pretty princess about being the main character. We'll turn on the fan so his hair blows in the wind at all uh-huh. opportunities. Yes. Yes, yeah. that is yeah. Kaz. Yeah. Wears um, leather pants because he knows how it makes his butt look. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's a... What a man, that one. Yeah. <laughs> what a man, what a man. Yeah. And he's got a, he's got quite the family who, who love to... Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, people were like, wow... I love Teddy. He's such a simp. He's, he's so dramatic about it. And all this. I was like, you haven't fucking even seen Kaz yet, fam. Yeah. Oh, he is emotionally, like, so emotionally stable. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, he's a bit of a seesaw. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, whereas compared to compared to our boy Teddy, who's pretty even keeled, actually. Uh, it's. I didn't think Teddy would be the emotionally healthy one of the bunch, but there we go. Um you know. That's some, why he's some, the president or whatever. Yeah, the thing. He <laughs> yeah. makes the rules. Because he's the only one who's got his head on straight. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yes, yeah, so that's coming out. Uh, and Yay! it's, uh, we just today released chapter six. Uh, so that's on Patreon now. You can read the first six chapters. You can also read the first chapter of Vital, which is the next New Protectorate novella. Which is so much <laughs> uh it's it takes place during the great war which uh, i know people have asked about if we were ever going to get books set then and the answer obviously was yes um we're gonna, probably going to get a few but this is like a hugely pivotal point in the great war not in the war itself but like the stuff that happens during the war and that is caused by the great war that ripples out to all of the books this is one of the things and i've had the story in my head for two fucking years and i'm so happy to be writing it it's pretty dark but like i said everything turns out fine don't worry about it <laughs> um but yes that's, your arms and legs inside the ride at all times you will arrive just fine you will be fine i promise you um and <laughs> yeah i also like i can't do that much promo about it yet because there are certain aspects of the plot that if I were to advertise, were to spoil the entire thing. So, like, I kind of, 
I haven't talked about it that much because I kind of can't uh, just yet. Oh, please. So. You love to tease. Oh, please. I do yeah. love to tease. This is hard. This is mm. very hard. Because normally I can kind of be like, and this is the plot. And this is what's happening. I can't. I can't. I can only... Uh, I can't. I can say that it is the NPU with a generous splash of gothic medical horror. So. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit different. <laughs> it's got mainly forced proximity. It's got a big shift of man. It's got other stuff. Take that. A scrappy heroin, I assume. Um, sure. <laughs> she's something for sure. She's she's very strong. There we go. She's very strong. She's had to deal with a lot in her life. Her name is Josephine. She's wonderful. Um, but yeah, so that's happening. Um, that'll probably I don't quite know the release date for that. Like I think summers for me just in general are more wiggly because like I, you know, rush through everything during the year. So like summers for me are like. I don't exactly know when the release dates are going to be because I'm kind of playing it by year, but I imagine it'll be late August, early September, depending on when it wraps up. Because like I said, I like to have it on the Patreon for about a month. So there's a, you know, depending on when the last chapter goes out, a month after that. Um, but I'll be putting the pre-order up for that as soon as I finish the cover because I'm tired of Goodreads importing the wrong temporary cover. Um, right, that's what I've been doing with Halfling. Like I have the... And every time I have to hardcover. beg just, somebody to fix it for me. And I don't want to do that anymore. So I mean, you can't delete things. Uh, Goodreads just doesn't have that capability. I, I own the thing. I can edit the content. If it's if it's in the right thing, if it's it's if it's attributed to me correctly, I can edit it. But I can't change the cover. It's insane. I have to have I have to ask a librarian on Goodreads to do it for me. And luckily, I know one who's a, who's a friend of mine. But like. I shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> anyway, no. it's a whole thing. And so I'm tired of doing that. So I'm going to wait. And that's okay. That's the, You guys can wait the, for the pre-order. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, so that's that. You know where else to find me. All that stuff. It, yeah, Instagram. Mostly Instagram. Just find me on Instagram. Twitter is a d- disaster. Instagram is perfectly respectable for millennial women like us yes and i put a lot of drawings on there and a lot of drawings in my story and things and stuff so there we go yes yeah yes so art and shit art and shit that's my brand (laughs) depend the ratio depends on the day (laughs) all right well that's the end of the episode thank you for being on sarah Thank you for having me. I'm so glad we answered no questions. We did. We yeah. I mean, we, 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 that we was never. We solved the genre question. We that was not never take questions from the audience. That was never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not giving my degree back. <laughs> no, no, don't. It's final. The matter is settled. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.